What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Cloud with you here today on the New Vision Podcast. Hopefully, you have been tracking along as what we are doing is going through the books of First and Second Samuel as a companion to the sermon series that we're in called Unlikely. Where we are in this portion of the book is a continuing spiral of the downfall of Saul. We've seen his rise, and then David comes on the scene, David and Goliath. We saw that two episodes ago. ago. Uh, and then Nick was with us yesterday where we're already like David is going to be the new king. Saul has been continually disobedient. Uh, and, and, you know, Saul finds David after he kills Goliath and he brings him into his court and David plays music. He's just that guy. He's kind of the up and his, his star is rising and Saul's about to get way worse. And so Nick kind of started that off yesterday. We see this downward spiral. Uh, Saul is jealous of David and he's already tried to kill him, I think, three times at this point. And so with that being said, let's read uh, 1 Samuel chapter 19. And I'm going to stop at probably around verse 9. So here we go. And Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants that they should kill David. So he's been trying to be crafty about it before. Now he's just been like, all right, y'all kill him. <laughs> but Jonathan, this is Saul's son, he delighted much in David. Verse 2. And Jonathan told David, Saul, my father seeks to kill you. Therefore, be on guard in the morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself. And I'll go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are. And I'll speak to my father about you. And if I learn anything, I will tell you. And Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king sin against his servant David, because he's not sinned against you, and because his deeds have brought good to you. For he took his life in his hand, and he struck down the Philistine, Goliath. And the Lord worked a great salvation for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then will you sin against innocent blood by killing David without cause? And Saul listened to the voice of Jonathan. And Saul swore, As the Lord lives, he shall not be put to death. And Jonathan called David, and Jonathan reported to him all these things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as before. And there was war again. And David went out and fought with the Philistines and struck them with a great blow, so that they fled before him. Verse 9. Then a harmful spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand. And David was playing the lyre. Now I'm going to pause there. What is going on? He's trying to kill him. like, And he's being pretty obvious about it. He, he's been trying to be crafty before. Then he's just like, he tells his son and all, all his, you know, his guards. He's like, you know, you just, just kill him. Kill David. He just, you know, tell us how you really feel, right? And so he does that at the beginning of chapter 19. And then Jonathan's like, no, stop. What are you doing? And then kind of convinces him. And then so then Saul's like, all right, I swear he'll not be put to death. And then, you know, David gets to go back in his presence. It says back in his presence as before, just like things were before. But we we are reading this and knowing like, OK, this is you can, after you try to kill a guy like three times, you know, 
it's kind of hard to go back to just, you know, hey, buddy, how's it going? Like, you know, it's just another Monday, right? And so we see that on the other side of this, like, Saul is a nutcase. He's going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Kill him, and he's jealous. And then he, he's like, oh, but David's doing some good. You know, he's he's winning us battles. He's helping lead Israel. Like, he saved us, and he killed Goliath. And, and that's what happens again in verse 8. The Philistines come up again, and, and David has more success. His star continues to rise. And then Saul, it's like back and forth, back and forth. He, he's like going to kill him again. And this is just over and over again. And this is going to continue for like 10 chapters, right, until we, we finally see the death of Saul. So that's what's going on. Now, I wanted to pause on verse 9 because I think this is the third time in this entire account uh, that this, this mention of a, quote, harmful spirit from the Lord in quote is, is mentioned in scripture. I think Dixie, uh, she, she touched on this in chapter 16 when she was with us a few, few days ago. Uh, Nick of course mentioned it as well. And so I wanted to spend some time, maybe kind of the theological side of that. It's, it's hard, man. This is a difficult text and it mentions it so many times. It's kind of hard to avoid. What exactly does that mean? And so without me blabbering on too much, I just kind of wanted to go in just a little bit about verse nine. It says, then a harmful spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand, and David was playing the lyre. And so, as we've seen before, that David had been called in, into Saul's court, uh, and he's, you know, he's a great guitarist, right? And he is comforting Saul. Saul is, like we said, he ain't right. He ain't got both oars in the water. He is just kind of going insane. And his sin and his anger and his jealousy, he, you know, if you've ever been in, in kind of an upsetting situation and you start to sin in your heart and you think all these negative thoughts and you just kind of spiral downward, that's what's going on here. I, I'm sure at some level, all of us can identify with, we get, we can kind of get caught up in this negative thought sometimes. Well, it's that times 10, right? Saul's going nuts. And, uh, but what's amazing in that is that God is still ministering to Saul with David's music. He's still ministering to him at the same time that he's kind of enacting judgment. God had anointed Saul to be king, but then Saul was disobedient, so he took it away. God had given Saul many great gifts, talents, and everything, like to to do great things for his chosen people in Israel. Saul had received uh, a temporary outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You know, we see that all through the book of Judges that the, you know, the spirit of the Lord came upon this judge and he rose him up to do great things. Now, this is not the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, what we see in the church age, which started in Acts at Pentecost. This is temporary empowerment from God via the Holy Spirit, the third person of God, the Trinity, uh, coming upon people, uh, equipping them at such a time as this to do a certain thing. And, and so it's... It's not indwelling, it's enabling. And so we see that over and over again, that, that Saul had access to that. And so what we see in the, his story is the more and more disobedient he is. So first of all, God is not entitled to empower anybody, right? The Holy Spirit is not entitled to empower any of us to do anything. Like Israel is his chosen people. God's choosing to intervene. And people like Saul, people like you and me, little nobodies, get to be a part of it. And so we're not entitled to anything from the Holy Spirit, but Saul has been given that, this great opportunity. 
and he has been enabled by the Holy Spirit. And as he continued to disobey, God has every right to just, well, I'm, I'm going to pull my presence back from you. And so God has every right to say, well, all right, hand, I'm going to lay my hands off and remove my presence from Saul because he's continuing to be disobedient. And so we see that what is difficult is there seems to be this active, you know, it's not only we've, we've seen in scripture that God is just, he removed his Holy Spirit from Saul. Hey, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to back this guy anymore. That's kind of what's happening. He removes his, you know, Holy Spirit empowerment. But then here in verse nine, we see almost, it sounds like there's this active, well, then I'm going to send evil spirits. Uh, it actually says that in some translations, maybe some of you, I, I know the NIV says that the uh, an evil spirit from the Lord, or my ESV says a harmful spirit of the Lord. The idea is still the same. It looks like there's this active, you know, God sending a harmful spirit. And as difficult it is to say, yeah, that's what's going on. I mean, it's hard to see that. I think what makes it difficult for us is we know, well, God is loving. God wouldn't hurt people. Like, you know, we see in James, God, God is not evil. He doesn't tempt anyone. And so how do we reconcile what appears to be here going on here with, obviously we know scripture interprets scripture also teaches that God is not evil. God doesn't tempt anyone. Uh, you know, he tests, but he doesn't tempt. And so here in verse nine, we have to see, well, the rest of scripture shows what's going on here in this verse. Yeah, it appears that God, it says it, there's an evil spirit from the Lord that came upon Saul. And this is an act of judgment. It is active. God is he, he is, he's enacting judgment. Sometimes we see this in scripture when people sin and he has every right to do this. God may very well enact an, an immediate uh, act of judgment or wrath upon that sin or whatever. Like we've seen this over and over through scripture. Now he doesn't always, right? Some people, God is very, very patient. We call this long suffering. He is a slow burning wick. So ultimately, you know, he's a God of justice and we should want a God that, you know, rights wrongs and act and, and acts wrathful. I mean, we'd all want a, a judge uh, to punish people when they, they commit crimes. And so it's good that God is like this, that he enacts judgment on people. Uh, and we know ultimately, even though God's a slow burning wick, if you have thumb through fast forward to the, the end of the Bible in revelation, we know that nothing's going to escape his judgment. Uh, and so ultimately, Yes, God is being wrathful and he's enacting judgment here on verse 9 in an immediate way on Saul. And this principle of God doing that is all through the Bible. This is not, oh, that's the God of the Old Testament. Well, it's in Romans too. We've talked about this in, in previous episodes, but in Romans, you see this picture, Paul's writing that, you know, God, God will sometimes deliver up sinners uh, to their deepest desires. You know, it, it talks about these, these terrible things and, and it's like, well, that's what they wanted to do. So God like hands them over to their darkest desires. And so me, when I read this verse, first of all, number one, yes, God is sovereign. He is in control even over, quote, harmful or evil spirits, the spiritual world. There's angel, the fallen angels. Uh, Satan, right? He is sovereign. His umbrella extends even over these secondary agents, these uh, lesser creatures of the creator. And God is still sovereign. He's still in control, 
even over, I'm using my hands to talk, but over those secondary agents. He created them knowing full, full well what would happen. And as it's really hard to understand that. It's really hard to grapple with that. And we should love God because that's so mysterious that he still is so big that he can control and, and, and work all things for good, ultimately to bring himself glory. And so, yes, there's an element of mystery there. But I would encourage you, if you if you struggle, say here in verse 9, that God is, why would God actively do something like that? Send one of his secondary agents as a, as a, a, a means of wrath or judgment. Well, check out the first couple chapters of the book of Job. Now, when I first read the book of Job, I was like really wrestling because you read those first couple chapters. I mean, go check that out in your spare time. But Job, he go, he's about to go through all this suffering and all this really terrible stuff's about to happen to him. And if you look in the first few chapters, who brings him up in conversation? It's God. And for some reason, God's talking with Satan. They're, they're, they're having this conversation and I, I, our ears perk up like, well, was well, God talking to Satan in the first place? Like, and then God brings Job up. He's like, have you considered my servant Job? And and then, you know, Satan's like, well, I'm going to go get him. And, and God's like, okay, just don't kill him, right? You can do all this stuff to him, just don't kill him. And so it's, it's why, why bring up Job in this? The point of bringing Job up is just to say that, look, this, this scene that's going on here is obviously that God, he has sovereignty, he has control, even over Satan. We've always said that Satan's on a short leash, but he's on a leash that, God is using him for good in, in Job's instance. Now, the, that, all the point is just that God is in control over that. Like he does have, he can wield and use even Satan and quote unquote harmful or evil uh, spirits, the spiritual side of things for his good purposes. And in this particular instance, clutch shift gears back to, to Saul. God's doing that for judgment, for his glory. Like, you know, he wants a good king in Israel and he's going to choose the king that he wants. And this should scare us. Obviously, if you're a Christian, we said that multiple times, you can't lose your salvation, but it should enact fear uh, of, you know, worship in our hearts. The heart of a Christian is one that sees God in awe and how amazing he is that, yes, God does have control over this. Yes, there's a point in time where if you continue to reject God's grace, which is what Saul's been doing, he has been ministered to by David. God's still giving him plenty of grace despite his discipline. You continue to reject that. You continue to rebel and can continue to reject grace, ultimately shown in Christ. You continue to reject that. Then God's going to hand you over, and he will even enact these, quote, harmful spirits to show his judgment, to show his wrath. That ultimately brings his glory. Hopefully, it should lead you to worship and to ask these difficult questions and, and, and grapple with mysterious things, difficult things, things that hopefully, if you're still listening, might seem boring. Like, okay, he's just blabbering on about this deep philosophical theology stuff. Well, I hope that isn't just for the sake of it. I hope that directs you to God and that you worship him. Hopefully, that is what this episode has been for you, an encouragement. So, guys, that was just 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 9. We did it. Pause. I want to make mention we're doing something special coming up on Monday. I hope you've still been listening because Monday we have a special, we're kind of breaking 
uh, we're not not a huge break, but just a slight pause in the book of First Samuel. We're going to pause at chapter 19, and we're going to go into a really in-depth kind of character study of uh, comparing and contrasting Saul and David even more, and especially as it applies to leadership. So coming on Monday, y'all come back. We have a special, just limited, just a five episode, just next week deal with Pastor Greg Freeman, who's uh, he's, he's organized this podcast limited series talking about leadership. And we're going to be bringing in some high level leaders from within the community, some folks from our church family as guests on those episodes. It's going to be great. Now, this applies to you. Yes, you. Even if you don't think it does, even if you don't think you're a leader, come back on Monday. I think God's got something for all of us, and it'll be a little more you know, topical, a little bit of a break from the normal rhythm that we, we do on these episodes. But I want you to come back. I think God's got something for us on Monday. Y'all have a great one, and we'll see you then. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.